At Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your financial well-being matters. And they're with you every step of the way through your financial journey. Seriously, Affinity Plus has real people to talk to, people who care, and who can offer financial coaching through all stages of your life when you need it. And did you know that financial coaching is free at Affinity Plus as just one of the many member benefits? It's true. You get amazing benefits at Affinity Plus where you're more than a member. You're an owner in the not-for-profit cooperative. Invest in you and get a load of benefits. Continue your financial journey by stopping into the Brainerd Lakes branch on Edgewood Drive in Baxter to speak to one of their knowledgeable employees and bring your financial questions. Affinity Plus is federally insured by NCUA. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus here at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And our guest today is Dr. Howard McAllister, who is the Chief of Surgery at the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. And Dr. McAllister, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. McAllister, uh, let's talk first of all uh, about the changes that have just happened that uh, has well, if you will, opened up uh, surgery for a lot of people where it was not that way just a few weeks ago. Well, certainly certainly our life, uh, particularly in the medical uh, profession, has revolved around change uh, over these past couple of months. And so there have been recent changes, and the governor has issued an executive order, whereas previously in March he had, uh, had uh, issued an executive order to prohibit elective surgery. Um, the uh, that has uh, now changed on the uh, basis of uh, some additional information and recommendations by the CDC and some of the surgical professional organizations, and uh, they have uh, now uh, opened up uh, elective surgery under certain conditions uh, to uh, to uh, the patients that we serve in the Brainerd Lakes area. And you, can you clarify what that means for you know when we're talking about elective surgeries? Because a lot of people here and go, oh, that's like probably plastic surgery or you know that kind of thing, but it's deeper than that. It is, and that's it's an important issue because um, the uh, I mean the outright emergencies that come to the emergency department, uh, those uh, are uh, fairly clear in terms of what you have to do. Right. On the one end, and on the other end, you have the purely elective surgeries, like some types of cosmetic surgery. But there's a a wide variety of other operations in the middle that constitute. Uh, the so-called elective surgery, and how you define elective surgery is going to vary a lot according to the patient and the condition mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Initially, they had they had kind of said, well, if they're having pain, you can treat their pain with pain medication, and uh, and now I think that uh, that has been reinterpreted to believe that uh, if you have a chronic painful condition, uh, maybe that's not as elective as we once thought. Mm-hmm. So they have made a distinction now between between elective surgery for uh, patients who are have an ongoing painful condition, uh, or patients have a, who have a condition that might worsen if it's not addressed sooner rather than later. So, is this is sounds like it's truly a case by case decision? Then it is. It, it's, it is a case by case decision. In fact, part of the governor's executive order required that. Uh, that all hospitals in Minnesota have to come up with a prioritization and an oversight committee. Um, And at our institution, we literally do review every single operation and every single uh, endoscopy procedure and everything uh, to determine whether or not it meets certain criteria. Now, uh, we can do elective surgery now. That's part of the new... um, uh, the new or executive order that Governor Wallace has put out. Um, so that has become less of an issue. 
but um, the uh, we still have to prioritize. We still have to review because there are still some regulations, and we have to, it's incumbent on us now to to review every single case relative to the changing landscape, the availability of personal protective equipment, uh, safety of staff, safety of patients, safety of visitors, all those things, literally on a day-by-day basis. So wow. we meet, our committee meets twice a week uh, just so we can review those things and uh, make a determination that we'll make sure that we're not that we're not doing something that is going to endanger our patients, endanger the visitors and their families, invasion, uh, and uh, endanger our staff as well. So it, it, there's a lot of balls in the air to try to get this thing uh, moving. Yeah. Wow. Now, Dr. McAllister, wasn't the availability of PPE kind of the crux of the whole decision to put off these, if you will, non-elective surgeries? It really elective. was. The, that was initially uh, probably one of the major major factors in terms of that, in terms of keeping everybody safe. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sure you're aware, there was a, a huge uh, shortage of, of, of masks, particularly the masks that we use with, uh, for viral prevention, the N95 masks. Those simply were not available um, and haven't been for months. And that, uh, thanks to you know huge efforts in the manufacturing industry and that type of thing, a variety of other innovative uh, processes, they have been able to, to loosen that up quite a bit. And personal protective equipment is not as much of a problem for us now as it has been in the past. Very interesting. Hmm. Um, I say in the past, I mean, that's like within the last, within the last few weeks. Yeah. It changes every day. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. And that continues to be dynamic, doesn't it, the supply? It, it is a dynamic. Uh, the uh, It becomes more and more important. It's going to become more important as we... Uh, uh, ramp up elective surgery. We anticipate that our surgical volumes uh, will increase, and and as that happens, uh, that will put a load on our uh, uh, on the PPE situation at uh, at Cuyahoga Regional Medical Center. We're pretty well situated relative to PPE, and that we don't anticipate that should be a problem unless we run into a, some major surge in patient incidents in Crow Wing County. I don't know if that's likely or not. Certainly our, our case uh, volume or case incidence in Crow Wing County has been pretty stable and relatively low uh, relative to the rest of the state, but nevertheless it's something we watch every day. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder if another factor is um, if a person in certain types of surgeries, I would imagine you end up in the ICU afterward. Is that a factor as well? Because the ICUs are valuable for anybody who does get COVID-19 or could be. It's true. It is true because one of the major complications that can go along with COVID-19 and one of the things that tends to make it deadly is uh, is pulmonary complications the, in the respiratory tract. The lungs uh, types of pneumonias can become very problematic. And so in that situation, sometimes you have to resort to the use of a ventilator uh, yeah. to be able to breathe for the patient, and that has to be done in ICU. So many hospitals are limited by ICU bed space and by, res- uh, by a ventilator. Uh, availability, and that has that was one of the things that plagued uh, larger uh, areas, like for example, Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a huge problem in Italy, and it was a, a problem to a, to a huge extent in New York. Not as much as they originally anticipated, but nevertheless, a, a problem there has not been a problem in Minnesota, and certainly hasn't been a problem for us given our incidents. But even in the Twin City hospitals. Although, you know, we have not run up against the same availability of ICU bed space or the same availability of ventilators uh, as they have in other areas. Okay. So for um, someone who's listening that has maybe put off um, 
a hernia surgery, a, a knee replacement, yeah. something like that. What is their first step now that they hear that some of these surgeries are taking place? Well, I think that they can, they can certainly schedule appointments in the same manner that they have done so in the past. Um, in some cases, there are patients who have already been scheduled for elective operations or were months ago, mm -hmm. but they were postponed or canceled uh, on the basis of the governor's executive order. Um, and, and there are other patients who, uh, who have been limping around on that painful knee, for example, uh, that really would like to get that evaluated and, uh, and uh, taken care of. Uh, and that's, uh, we are open for business uh, in terms of those types of elective things. People should uh, obviously be wary about, uh, about the conditions that we're in these days in all institutions. Uh, there is always a certain amount of risk to surgery, but that is something that we live with on a daily basis. Right. But there's no question that COVID-19 adds some components to that. Uh, I would want everybody to, to know that, uh, that their local hospitals, certainly ours, is, has been, I mean, literally spent, I mean, meeting after meeting after meeting, committees and, and, uh, and command structures necessary to do everything possible that represents state-of-the-art on the basis of recommendations from the Department of Health and the CDC and a variety of other agencies to keep our patients and our staff safe. That is our main priority. We don't want to do anything that's going to harm our patients, and that includes putting them in a situation where they might be uh, at risk for developing a COVID-19 infection. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they can just call and kind of get the ball rolling that way, get the uh, initial appointment, and then start it going that way if, if it's going to happen. They, they could call their, their local provider in exactly the same way that, uh, that they would have done if there had not been a COVID infection. And what we will do, they, we, we'd ask the patients to realize that we're going to do everything possible to make sure that it makes sense to do this, that it doesn't, that, that their, their desire, their need for elective operation does not uh, put them at an unnecessary risk. We will take care of all that and discuss that in detail with the patient. We want to make sure that they understand uh, exactly what it is we're going to do, exactly what our capabilities are, and exactly how we're going to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, another thing patients might want to know, doctor, if they need to spend a night or two in the hospital after surgery, can they have visitors at this point, or is that still prohibited? The visitor issue is problematic, and, and that's going to vary on a case-by-case -case basis. But generally, we want to try to, to eliminate the amount of traffic through the hospitals. Um, and uh, the hospital itself is divided up into zones uh, for patients that uh, are uh, inpatients, uh, patients that are in an intensive care unit, and we have a so-called green zone where we, we sort of segregate those surgical patients so that uh, we kind of minimize the intermingling that goes along in that. From a standpoint of visitors, certainly uh, we issue PPE if, uh, if uh, a visitor is required or if somebody needs a support person. We want to make sure that we can provide for all of those needs. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, we are inclined at this point to kind of discourage uh, visitors just in the, uh, in the uh, effort to try to minimize traffic. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, Doctor, are you folks still over there accepting donations of masks? I know there was kind of a Fishing for Masks campaign going on with you guys and Essentia Health. Are you still accepting those donations? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, I think that uh, the concept of masks, uh, particularly the cloth masks, uh, and the best source of those, <laughs> we've seen some, some of the most innovative <laughs> mask designs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really been, it's been, I mean, 
given the circumstances, it's been kind of fun. It's been very interesting, and we've been so we're so grateful to to uh, to uh, the communities that have provided us with these things. Literally, they are used on a daily basis. Wow. Uh, one of the things that uh, the mass material they're obviously very well constructed, and they're very very uh, innovative and stylish. Um, the one thing that has been a problem is, is not the availability of material, but the availability of the elastic. I think yeah. that, that we're also seeing a shortage in the elastic for the ear loops that go over those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it, it's been a, a very unique thing, and we're very grateful to these communities that have uh, helped us get through this. All right. Is there anything else the public can do to help you guys on the front lines? No, I think that what I would ask that is that, that people have confidence in us. We're very serious about keeping our patients safe and keeping our community safe uh, and keeping our staff safe. Um, we uh, uh, have done a, a very diligent job of understanding the landscape. Uh, we use all the best practices. Uh, we have a long history of, of uh, providing surgical services to our patients and our neighbors in the Brainerd Lakes area, mm-hmm. and we anticipate continuing to do so. Wonderful. All right. Well, Dr. Howard McAllister, we truly appreciate you being able to spend some time with us today to kind of bring us, everybody, uh, shed a little light on what's going on with the elective, if you will, surgery that is now happening. And uh, we uh, wish you the best of luck going forward. Stay safe. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Howard McAllister is the chief of surgery at the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com. That's brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. And you can always listen to through our free downloadable app, which is sponsored by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.